Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Alive, brought to you by the Asher Longevity Institute, committed to the science-based and easy-to-implement lifestyle changes you need in order to live a much longer and much happier and healthier life. Today's show is made possible through the generous support of People Unlimited, a premier longevity company in Phoenix, Arizona. Learn more about People Unlimited and their partner longevity experts in the Coalition for Radical Life Extension at rlecoalition.com. That's rlecoalition.com. In this episode of Alive from the Asher Longevity Institute, we continue with Dr. Jeffrey Boone of the Boone Heart Institute. This was taken from a presentation he made. Although he refers to slides, the word pictures he gives us about the effect of cholesterol on our circulatory system and brains is invaluable in arming us to take control of our aging body and especially brains. Listen through the case studies to determine what age you'd like your brain to achieve. Now, many of you know, may know baseball, and you may have heard of Tommy John. He was a pitcher for the Dodgers, and he tore his ulnar collateral ligament, which used to then cause pitchers to be the end of their career. They used to call it a dead arm. But Curlin Job and other orthopedic surgeons decided to try to fix that with something that eventually was caused and called Tommy John surgery. Now, it worked on Tommy John. He went on to pitch well for the Dodgers for many years. And now it's done on every baseball player. Every pitcher that you see these days has probably had one or two of these things done. Now, as soon as it worked, they didn't do a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. We don't have time to decide if, if this test is perfect. It's already every bit of it points in the right direction. But we tend to hide behind various statistical anomalies, which we did even with smoking. It took us 30 years to prove what all of us knew, that it was a cause of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer. But statistics delayed that process. And I fear that much of our healthcare system is designed on cost effectiveness, and therefore doing a test like this on 100 million people is thought to be not yet cost effective until we've had decades and decades of more research. Well, to me, we've already got Tommy John in this situation. If you've got plaque, if I see even one study that tells me that it's good to have plaque, it's good to have calcium, it's good to have blocked arteries, or it's good to have a thick IMT, then I would slow down. But there's not one study in the history of mankind that shows any of that is true. And this has been studied for 50 years now. So we need to take action aggressively. Here's a chapter in a book that I wrote, edited by Simeon Abramson, MD, here in Denver, who's a world-famous CT angiographer. And this is in my chapter highlighting those studies and studies. And this Textbook is probably five or seven years old and the studies just continue to develop. Abnormal IMT is associated with MI, heart attack, coronary artery disease, death, and stroke. Carotid plaque is even slightly greater than IMT at predicting this. Embrace the abnormality. Amazing possibilities exist when we do that. Now, once we find the evidence of plaque, now we go into the biochemical and genetic issues. You need to assess very aggressively all these red numbers, which are all kinds of ways you can slice up your cholesterol profile. At the bottom of that middle section, you see LP little a. That's an especially sticky kind of cholesterol that we'll come back to later that you need to know about. That's one of the genetic risks. And then toward the bottom, inflammation oxidation. You now need to determine whether inside this plaque you have any hot volcanoes. And those red numbers of myeloperoxidase is the roof of the volcano. 
LPPLA2 is the hot lava inside the volcano. CRP is the roof of the volcano. Fibrinogen is the body trying to get rid of all the excess clots are there in this patient with ridiculously high uh, cholesterol levels as well as LP little a genetic risks. And then at the bottom of the slides are heart failure numbers and heart fibrosis numbers. All of these are easily accessible, but the only one we do on patients is the same one I did, you know, 40 years ago when I was beginning to study this in med school when they told us, don't even check the cholesterol of a person over 60 because they live long enough. Well, that has totally changed. And you see that LDL cholesterol of 148 second from the top. When I was in med school, they said maybe 190 is a problem, then 160, then 130, now, then 100, now 70, 40, 25 is the new goal there. And all these other numbers follow LDL cholesterol, which is the bad cholesterol and the cheapest model that reflects all of these numbers. In addition, you must find out your genetics. It's your job to look at the slide, get a copy of this presentation. At, at the top is a clotting as a measurement. 11-dehydrothromboxane uh, measures your need for an aspirin. ApoE3 genotype, if you've got a four there, that's deadly for both heart disease and dementia. Factor V laden prothrombin mutation, MTHFR mutation causes high homocysteine. And then we move through the diabetic insulin resistance, vitamin D, homocysteine, thyroid B12, folate numbers, all of those you need to know about. And then you act on all these red numbers. The people with, with um, LP little a need more aggressive. The people with ApoE4 genotype, more aggressive. You need to start at age 30, 40, and 50 to prevent dementia at 70, 80, and 90. And very much, I think the vascular part of that will be very helpful in preventing that serious disease. LPPLA2 is one of my favorite ones. It's kind of a high sensitivity uh, C-reactive protein you may have heard about. This particular person has a C-reactive protein of 9.9, .9, which is a non-specific inflammatory marker, should be below one. But the 218, anything more than 100 of the LPPLA2 tells us that there's a lot of hot volcanoes inside this lining of the artery, as you can see the plaque formation developing on the right. And then all of these monocytes, white blood cells engulfing the particles of cholesterol that are entering the endothelium on the left, that are moving through that lining of the artery that would cover a tennis court and beginning to develop those little bumps that you saw in my carotid scan. This is when we need to get started with heart disease, not so much after stent or bypass. Now, those of you who have had those interventions, more power to you. Let's make sure that never happens again and that you stop all the plaque that's everywhere in those 60,000 miles and not just at the point of bypass and stent. Allura, uh, and it looking at the red being two weeks and every four weeks in the blue, and you can see the LP little a dropping, which causes the gumming up of those valves and also the genetic issues that lead to increased plaque. So we need to especially be concerned about LP little a. Each of you needs to check your LP little a and then your ApoE genotype, factor V laden, prothrombin mutation, MTHFR, blood pressure at rest and during stress, cholesterol profile, including particles, inflammatory particle HSCRP and LPPLA2. And if you make, tell your doctor, all of those need to be perfect. And I'm not talking about normal, I'm talking about perfect. Now I want my LDL cholesterol at the unheard of low level below 25. And it's been there now for three years. And I'm still talking fast, even though I haven't had any feelings of any uh, cognitive decline, I think it's gonna keep my brain clear as well. Now let's extend that to the brain. The eradication of heart disease and stroke, I think we're also working on protecting the aging brain. 
and Alzheimer's and dementia. If we clean out this artery and we're guided by the presence of plaque, calcium score, intimal media lining on the left, plaque, calcium, CT angiogram, angiogram, whatever way you manage plaque. And also I might highlight, we look down the middle of the aorta and don't let a doctor tell you it's normal to have some plaque in the aorta. If you have plaque in the aorta, you have the disease that will kill everyone in America unless something else gets them first. And about 50% something else gets them first. And then we're looking for plaque down the legs at the Boone Heart Institute as well, because that's another good way to ultrasound and find this plaque early. And then as you see from my neck, the presence of plaque and the thickness of the IMT leads to an aggressive attempt to look at then all these other issues from, from uh, sleep to cholesterol, diet, lifestyle, stress, genetics, blood pressure, hemodynamics, endothelium, clotting. You need to look at every one of those. And this is actually quite simple, painless, actually quite fun if you get a clinic that's really focused on this and then realize that the carotid arteries, as you can see at the bottom of this slide, are almost like the coronary arteries. They're only a couple of inches. They're actually considered the fifth and sixth coronary arteries, but they're the highway that leads to the brain as well. So it would make sense that if I'm treating aggressively the lining of the artery, I'll probably help the brain. Now, we always knew this was true, and patients believe this, but how could we prove it, or how could we measure it? So we came across a, a company called Wabi in Boulder, and they were working with the CU football team, the University of Colorado football team on concussions. And they had a concussion protocol, and probably the simplest way to look at this in this brief lecture is that blue is bad, and the emergence of yellow and orange and red is good. So this is a post-concussion on the left, return to play on the, in the middle, and then post-season on the right. So this is a football player that used this test which measures brain speed and brain power and reaction time to be helpful. This is where we think this test could be used for return to play in football. But that's not our main goal. But as you can see in this case, post-concussion, return to play, post-season, all blue. This player should not have been allowed to play again, probably. And it showed us, though, that the brain of a young, healthy athlete can actually recover from a concussion using this technology. So if the brain could recover from the concussion, could we use it on you and I to see if our brain is in in trouble and then to see if we can improve it. So this Wabi brain scan is a very highly scientifically measured many years of measuring something called P300 latency, which is simply stated as speed, amplitude, power, and then reaction time, which we can all understand. And it shows a correlation with preclinical dementia. And that's when I want to get it preclinical. Now we've had miraculous changes in the last few months of patients on PCSK9 with early dementia actually clearing up. So we're getting more and more patients with early dementia and we're having miraculous approaches, but that's not our main approach. If we're gonna do anything in the dementia world, we need to help the brain doctors with all of this plumbing, clearing out the crystal clear rivers and preventing this from happening. So the best time to get at it, if you've got a relative that ever has mild cognitive impairment or dementia, you need to start 20, 30, 40 years earlier on this process of improving brain speed and power and reaction time. Now, the other thing I like is that the brain power drops with age. There's a reduction, as you can see on this black line, of the power of the brain, which we can all relate to. The brain, the lights are kind of going out as we go from 20 on the left to 90 on the right. So could we take advantage of that and jump off the aging curve, just like we did with our artery age, going from a 90-year-old artery to a 45-year-old? That's got to be good for the brain. This test, maybe it helps. So we started testing people using this test. And we found that the people that were on the Boone Heart Protocol tended to have good brains by this test. 
and the people that weren't didn't. And so that told us that we're probably measuring the same thing. This, instead of just measuring the lining of the artery, which we think helps the brain, we can now maybe measure the brain. So I've got dozens of case studies, but let's start with the first case that we ever had where we had a new patient who was a surgeon, 60 years old, extreme exerciser, very healthy looking, but severe hot reactor blood pressure and severely elevated artery age. 1.230 millimeters was his initial carotid IMT. And that's what we'd find in a 110 year old individual, meaning very significant cardiovascular issues with his carotid IMT, the yellow brick road, the pavement that lines the arteries that line our circulatory system. Then we did our lobby testing on him, and he showed that he had 7.2 millivolts, which is what we find in an 84-year-old, and 420 milliseconds of brain speed. So he had very poor depth and latency and speed in his brain at 116 years there. So that got his attention. Again, he's complaining of nothing at this point. So we managed his atherosclerosis. Now remember, I won't go into all the details, but the P300 depth in terms of voltage, there should be a lot more yellow and red here. So here he is. And then we treated him for a year. He came back a year later. And we didn't know what to expect, although we expected some improvement. And now here's, here his brain is a year later an 84-year-old brain now measuring like a 42-year-old brain. His speed had gone from 116 years to 77 years, and his reaction time had improved by 31%. His artery age went from 110 down to 81. So that told us that the intervention is appropriate and working, and I have many more cases that we don't have time to go through, but these are the kind of changes we see from before and after in many of our patients these days, and we see this optimal change moving up as you see in this case. And this was our treatment strategy in those days. We hadn't even found PCSK9 yet. And again, we're treating all of these underlying abnormalities very aggressively and normalizing those as well as the genetic abnormalities that we see here. And then as we see with this scan, it's used for sports concussion in the, in the middle. They're using all of our work to show the before and after in performance and wellness. And then there's also some behavioral health and mental health issues where we can work on some brain training in those areas. Another case that kind of illustrates the point, this person's only 30, but all of his relatives have dementia. At the bottom, you see he has genotype 3-4, which is high risk for dementia. And he also has a double curse of the LP little a. Well, is it actually a curse? He's sort of depressed and figuring that he doesn't have long to live. He also has carotid plaque at a young age. You shouldn't have plaque at all at age 30. If you do, you need to be aggressive. So the first testing we did was like this. And you can see his brain power, 8.2 millivolts, was what, what we'd expect in a 72-year-old. The speed, 364 milliseconds, which is what you'd expect to a 61-year-old. So we made him even more depressed, meaning that his uh, cardiovascular mar markers were not ideal and that we had kind of predicted his trouble for the future. But we started him on our multimunity vitamins. Here was his initial scan. Then he came back a year later after being on Crestor, multimunity, aspirin, blood pressure issues, vitamins, vitamin D, and other things. And look at his brain after one year. He had gone from 72-year-old brain to now it's measuring 20 in terms of power, 61 speed. Now we're measuring 20 as a brain speed and his reaction time had increased 38% as we'd made all the numbers now green. And so most exciting results. And that's what we see consistently across the board with the brain changing in this positive way. So the initial brain scan improving from this most exciting. Now then the next stage would be to look at the 
process of even just vitamins by themselves. Now, our multi-immunity vitamins were developed by the military for improvements in the biohazard benefits to the astronaut and soldier. And these vitamins were shown to improve concussion recovery, cholesterol, T-cells and B-cells, viral approaches, post-traumatic stress, hearing, ringing in the ears. Many things have been developed out of 10 million of government research with these vitamins for astronauts. And so we were curious uh, into the brain benefits of this. And so the Naval Department of Defense Special Orientation Center was looking at head injuries in soldiers, closed head injuries. And they flew them eventually to the Naval Hospital where Commander Michael Hoffer developed a study looking at this vitamin concoction as a proper antioxidant to prevent cell death and revitalize cell function. And they showed that with these 50% improvements versus placebo with these soldiers who had had trouble. So us working with the NFL had players like this who we'd seen have trouble. So we found a 25-year-old linebacker just to see what the vitamins might do. And here was his initial brain scan showing a problem with uh, the initial brain power. And then after three months of the vitamins, we see his brain power going from 6.4 millivolts to 16.1 millivolts, moving from a greater than 100-year-old brain power to like a 31-year-old in three months, just using these vitamins on a young, healthy guy. So this is one of the few cases where just the vitamins, which are actually formulated to protect astronauts and soldiers, engulfing the brain cells in a way that improve their, their speed and their power. So most exciting. Now, my wife and my daughter give me joy as I see this slide, but they both have inherited LP little a, that sticky cholesterol. And then my daughter played lacrosse at University of Denver, concussion issues are there. So she's been on these vitamins for a long time. And once she turns probably 30, 35, she has no plaque yet. I will have her on PCSK9. My wife already on PCSK9 because of a tiny smidge of plaque, LP little a, family history of dementia and heart attack. And she should be a smart 90 year old. Now, my daughter decided that she fell in love with the captain of the Army lacrosse team, and he's APOE4 genotype. He's number five carrying the flag there. I'm not going to let anybody marry my daughter with an E4 genotype unless he's on aggressive therapy. So the multi-immunity antioxidants, again, for a young guy, improved his brain power after all the concussions, things he had from playing football and lacrosse from 6.0 voltage to 14 in nine months, 133% improvement just on the vitamins alone. Now, I wouldn't bet his life on that. He's now also on PCSK9 therapy at 26, and I allowed him and gave my blessing. Now, he's a great guy, and they got married recently. Now, the PCSK9, how does it develop in this process? Again, clearing cholesterol by empowering these receptors cleans out the arteries, so we're seeing dramatic effects here. In the upper left is a 60-year-old male with LP little a, his previous voltage was four millivolts. If you see in the upper left, after a year of being on the Repathy, it's gone from four to 12 millivolts. His brain power has tripled in three years. You can see at the bottom at 2017, the scan totally blue. He was very depressed, thinking he's gonna end up like his mother. Now 2019, 12 millivolts, totally normal. Again, with a LDL cholesterol of 22, as you can see at the bottom right, aggressive therapy, more cases of the same seeing the brain awaken with these therapies best done before dementia sets in. This particular individual went from three to seven millivolts, speed and reaction time improved as well. And even his, he's the, the chairman of the board of a huge company and even his employees and family noticed even a difference at this level. Uh, we'll close with a case or two that are most exciting about, again, PCSK9 being added to the more significantly afflicted by genetic and plaque burden. 
This is a world-renowned Olympic figure. He got dementia at age 75 after the typical Boonhart therapies. We didn't even catch him until he was 78. After the typical Boonhart therapies with the vitamins and cholesterol medications like statins, blood pressure, vitamin D, multimmunity, you can see his scan improving over time. And then you can see his brain power went from greater than a 100-year-old down to a 78-year-old. Speed is still like a 20-year-old still some trouble with reaction time. You know, again, we caught him too late, but look at this after adding PCSK9. His brain power went from 6.5 to 12.2, as you see at the top of this slide. But now at age 83, you see that his power has gone from 6.5 to 12.2 to 16.0, and his LDL cholesterol is 10. And, and even people are calling us about what do we do because he's been stable with Alzheimer's disease for seven years. And that's what I would tell people that we haven't found a great success, although we have a few people that sort of come out of early dementia, but most people would love it if their relatives would just stay the same. And certainly he still remembers everything. He can't remember what he had for breakfast, but he remembers Olympics past and everything he's done in the past still living a great, healthy, and happy life now at age 83. So most exciting as these develop, and this last series is most amazing, the volume of brain loss is 3.40. Now, this is only a 40-year-old who had very high cholesterol in the 400s, as well as LP little a. And we did this scan to get Repatha improved by insurance. 40 lesions. So that means he's had 40 micro strokes on this lesion quant MRI. 40 lesions, volume of brain loss, 3.57 cubic centimeters, percent of his inter intracranial volume lost, 0.23%. So this is 19 or 2017. So now we did the same scan two years later after repathotherapy plus all the therapy with all the other boon heart interventions. Look at the bottom now, very small. I wish I should have made this bigger for you, but now look at the count, lesion count eight, used to be 40 now eight. So 32 MRI-derived gummy spots of micro strokes have disappeared with repathotherapy for his cholesterol and LP little a. Now look at the volume lost, 0.85 cubic centimeters, used to be 3.57 cubic centimeters. Percent intracranial volume loss, 0.05 cubic centimeters from those lesions, used to be 0.23. So amazing results. Now these, we've had maybe five cases like this and they all have reduced lesions occurring. So that might be the anatomic, that would be the IMT version of possibly plaque reversing in the brain. And certainly the most important thing is what their relatives think about them. This gentleman has done well and most exciting that we may have a way to look at anatomic reversal. But the key is you don't need all these fancy tests. Be aggressive, identify plaque by whatever means necessary optimize every risk factor you can determine and go beyond normal to perfect. Be even more aggressive with your genetics and then avoid tertiary care where we're working for dementia, stroke, and heart attack care after the problem exists and avoiding this from ever happening. And thank you, everybody. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to visit us at AsherLongevity.com to learn more about the science, supplements, and strategies to live a much longer and happier life. From now until we meet again, John Asher reminds you that looking after your health today gives you better hope for tomorrow. And that's going to wrap it up for another edition of Alive right here on the Funnel Radio Network for listeners like 